all around you in Greece, there's scenery and marble ruins that played a role in Greek mythology. These places explained the world to the people who lived there thousands of years ago. Stand there in person today, and the ancient world can come alive right in front of you. To explain, we're joined now by Greek tour guides Ioana Papakosta and Filippos Kanakaras. Welcome. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Ioana, you're a tour guide based in Patra, and that is... Uh, Patra is on the north of the Peloponnesian Peninsula and just next to Olympia. Lots of Greek mythology in that area. And Philippos, you're in Athens and you're in the shadow of the Acropolis. Yeah, exactly. So when you're taking your groups around, give me an example of how it helps to understand the Greek mythology in order to appreciate the sites that you're looking at. Philippos. Well, I'll give you an example with the site of Delphi, which was the uh, base of the Oracle of Apollo. Mm-hmm. A stunning, a magical site. Uh, it's on the slope of the hill of Parnassos. And this is if you drive there from Athens, you drive about two or three hours? It's around three and a half hours. In the mountains? It's on the mountains, and when you arrive, you see this dramatic landscape. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you start walking into the site, you're wondering how the ancient people came up with this idea. And when you hear the myth that's connected with Delphi, you will understand. They say that God Zeus, when he created the world, he had a bit of time in his hands. So, you know, when they're bored, they come up with ideas. So Zeus released two eagles, one towards the east and the other one towards the west. They flew around the world and they both met above the site of Delphi. When Zeus saw where they met, he said, okay, this is the center of the earth. So he took this giant stone and threw it there. And from that point, they say that the navel of the world was created, and that was the site of Delphi. Now, there was an oracle there. Yes. So how did that work? How did the gods speak to the people at Delphi? The story says that the people uh, at that time, which is around 800 years before the birth of Christ, they started seeing their goats going up on the cliffs and then hoping, very happy, very enthusiastic. So the goats started hopping after visiting Delphi. Yep. And they followed them and they realized that they were inhaling these vapes. So vapor is coming out of the world, out of the earth, to to like a crack in the ground. There's a crack in the ground, and the archaeologists have managed to discover, with geologists, they managed to discover rocks with signs of specific uh, chemical contents of fumes that were coming out. So they realized that there was something magical happening. Back then, science was not as developed as it is now, so they Mm -hmm. believed that this was a divine sign. So everybody is believing the gods are speaking to the people through a crack in the earth in Delphi, up in the mountains, northwest of Athens. And then how did the people who were in power capitalize on that to take advantage of that? Delphi became the most important place in the ancient known world. Everybody, all the kingdoms, they would go there in order to find out if they should go to war, if they should do big public works, whatever they had to decide, and they felt it was a very important decision, they would go there and ask the oracle for advice. So it's like going into this mysterious temple, and you've got priestesses and robes and crazy things, and they really think this is the the Oz on Earth. There would be these young girls that were inside special rooms underneath the Temple of Apollo, and they would inhale these vapes, and they would start talking in a way that no one would understand. So they had priests that would decipher oh, what they so were the saying. so the priest got to decipher it as he wanted to. 
today as a tourist, what do we see in Delphi, Philippos? We see the ruins of uh, the Temple of Apollo. We see the treasury of the Athenians, which is a building that they erected in order to commemorate the Because victory. they took a lot of money, I suppose, when people yeah, came there. Yeah, it was so also the offerings the to, to God of Apollo. Course, yeah. So every city-state would have its own treasury, the Athenian treasury. Right there. So you walk up to the, the, the temples and the theater and the race course and so on, and, and you pass all these temples that were treasuries collecting all that money. Mm-hmm. It's a fascinating place to check out, one of the best sites from ancient Greece. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking with Ioana Papakosta and Philippos Kanakaris. We're talking about Greek mythology from the traveler's point of view. Ioana, if you're taking groups around, where is one site that you like to take groups where you really want to understand the Greek mythology behind it? Oh, there are so many. It's all over the country. Wherever you walk, wherever you see mountains, plants, everything has a myth behind it. But there is a part of the Peloponnese Peninsula, which is really unknown to the people coming to the country, the heart of the Peloponnese, the area called Arcadia. Very rich mythology over there. And one of my favorite stories is the story of where the name came from. So there was Zeus, who was a playboy. He was always in love with many women. Hera was his goddess wife. Hera, okay. Hera. Once he fell in love with a beautiful girl. Her name was Callisto. And uh, she got pregnant, and Hera found out. And she really got mad. So Zeus changed the woman, Callisto, to a a bear, an animal. Uh And she was wandering around the mountains, the beautiful forests of Arcadia. Before that, I should add, she had a baby. And the baby grew up. His name was Arcas. He became a very good hunter growing into the forest. And one day, there was a bear right across from where he was. So he took out his bow and arrow. He was ready to hit the bear. But Zeus saw what was going to happen was horrible. So he immediately changed the boy to a little bear as well. Hera saw what happened, that Zeus was there to protect them, and she changed them to constellations, Ursus, Major, and Minor. So you have that origin of what they see up in the sky. Exactly. That's the story. They, They had to... People needed to make sense of everything around them. So the mythology helps you explain why is this here and why is that there. Exactly. So I'm a child. You're my mother 4,000 years ago. Well, 2,300 years ago. And I'm skeptical. Explain to me why I should believe this stuff. Oh, because you need to understand that in the prehistoric times, all the natural phenomena were deities for the people. Deities. Deities. All the phenomena. So if there's the thunder, if there's a earthquakes. storm... And then, so you have Zeus, who is the one who dominates the world. Right. Every aspect of life had its own representative so deity. So if you want to have a baby, it's related to some kind of a god. Exactly. And there was goddess Artemis, who was the goddess of wildlife and hunting, but she was the one protecting the women during labor. And then you have nature. Life comes from the earth, right? Uh-huh. There is Demeter the sister of Zeus. Uh-huh. She was the goddess who taught the humans how to cultivate the earth. But then there's Apollo, who is one of the young gods, okay. who was the god of order and logic and sensitivity. But is that all we are? We want to have fun. We want to enjoy life. We make mistakes. So who's so there? So there's order, there's logic, there's sensitivity, but there's also... Dionysus. So drunken craziness. Well, he's a bit misunderstood. He was the son of Zeus and another mortal girl. She got pregnant. Her name was Semele again. And Hera found out, and Zeus, uh, she got so mad. She challenged Zeus 
to appear in front of this girl in all of his glory. And Zeus did, and he appeared, shining like the sun, but his light was so strong. The girl immediately, she became ashes. She turned to ashes. So Zeus took the baby out of her womb. He put it in his thigh, and when the time was right for the baby to be born, Zeus scratched his thigh and the baby popped out. Logically. Right? <laughs> I wish it was that simple. In any case, when the baby grew up, he was taken by Hermes to a mountain, and he, because he was born twice, he was the one that was teaching humans that we can be reborn out of our own mistakes. And, Philippos, when I'm traveling in Greece, I go to the sites, and it's hot, it's crowded, there's a lot of rubble. I want to be inspired. Give me a tip on, on getting meaning from my sightseeing as I walk through these museums and as I walk through these ancient sites. What's one site in particular which has a great museum next to it, and how would I enjoy it? I can very quickly think of two sites, the site of Delphi and the site of Olympia. They, they are amazing, both of them, because mm -hmm. you can see a lot of the original findings. Because you can see the actual oracle stone at Delphi, can't yes. you? but you won't see that out in the fields. It's carefully put away in the museum. And in Olympia, you will see the uh, statue of Hermes of Praxiteles, which is a wonder of sculpting, and it will remind you a lot of the Renaissance. So wander around the fields and see the rubble, but then go into the museum. It's always explained in English, and you'll see the treasures, the, the real uh, artistic treasures of, of those amazing places. You want to, when you're in Athens, you've got to go to the Acropolis, the city on the hill, Acropolis, right? Give us a tip on how to appreciate that, and also talk about the mythology that is behind the Acropolis. Well, uh, the patron goddess of the city was goddess Athena. This is where the name comes from. Mm -hmm. So... And when, she was the goddess of Athena, but what did she symbolize, Athena? Oh, she was the goddess of wisdom. She popped out of Zeus's head. Oh, okay, there you go. So she was the goddess of wisdom. There's a logical explanation for those people back then behind it. So um, she was the, the goddess protecting the city. And in the years of democracy, when everybody was equal, the best spot of the city, who would it be dedicated to? The goddess. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, Athens was a political power, a military power, a shipping power. A league was created, and the Athenians were taking taxes from all the fellow This was cities. the Athenian League. Exactly. And this is a bunch of small states that Athens kind of uh, was the leader of. Exactly. So the Athenians had to make a statement. Uh-huh. There's this beautiful rock, one way up to the top, one axis. So we make this fantastic building, Parthenon the temple of the virgin goddess. Athena? Athena. So Athena, the Parthenon was built for Athena. Exactly. There was, must have been a huge statue of Athena in it. There was a 36-feet statue of Athena inside made of ivory and gold, but at the same time, this building was the treasury of the democracy of Athens. So the public gold and the public bronze was kept safely up there, where people wouldn't have access at the same time, very well protected. So there's politics, there's economics, there's religion. It's all mixed up together. Ioana, Philippos, thank you so much for sharing with us a better appreciation of Greek sightseeing through the mythology. Thank you very much. Thank you. Parakalo. Parakalo. Hey, I'm Rick Steves, and I love art. And in my new book, Europe's Top 100 Masterpieces, I share my favorites with gorgeous photos and vivid descriptions. It's all in Europe's Top 100 Masterpieces, Art for the Traveler. It's available now at ricksteves.com.